I often teach public speaking for a living, and I have a rule that if you really have nothing to say, it'll take you about an hour. <laughs> if you really have something to say, it should take about five minutes. <laughs> Good morning, saints in the Lord, beloved of God, who loves you now, who will always love you, and will always, always take care of you. That is a promise from God. He will not let you fail. I want to speak for just a few minutes on Thanksgiving, and I want to take us to Ephesians. There'll be no slides. You have to look at me the whole time because my narcissism is needing some support. So, <laughs> Ephesians 5 tells us that therefore be imitators of God as beloved children that you are, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But fornication and impurity of any kind or greed must not even be mentioned among you as is proper among the saints that you are. Entirely out of place is obscene, silly, and vulgar talk. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this passage starts with that well-known therefore. And we know the rule. When we see the word therefore, we need to back up a little bit. And we'll back up into Ephesians 4, the last few verses where we hear... Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So that's our context here. Therefore, instead, be imitators of God. I'm a fan of stand-up comedy. I especially like the comedians who are clean, and now that we have that dry bar comedy where there's no foul language, I really enjoy that. Of course, my favorite comedians are the most clever who can come up with the, the punchline of the joke that it's very hard to anticipate. Those, those are my favorite, really super clever guys and gals like that. Some years ago, I was listening to a comedian, Dom Herrera. He was quite funny. And he was starting his, his last joke, and he was talking about relationships and the importance of relationships and so on. And the audience was laughing sporadically when they thought he was trying to be funny. And then he ends with this. So, be sure to take time to tell people you love them while you have the chance, because you never know. And then he walks off stage, and the audience is completely silent. And I'm sitting there watching the TV like, that's it. And then, of course, they, they started to erupt with applause. I wasn't expecting that from him. Just like in Ephesians 5, I was not expecting the end of that. We're talking about sin. We're talking about specifically different kinds of sin there. Sexual impurity, greed, using obscene language, foolish talk, coarse joking. And then the punchline of this passage. Instead of that stuff, instead, let there be thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is being offered 
as a solution to or substitute for sinning? Does that even make sense? Well, it does if we look at the, one of the root causes of sin. It's the very lack of gratitude for what we do have that causes or tempts us to sin. For example, greed is simply a lack of gratitude for what we do have. How much is enough? Well, the sinner says, it's never enough. Take what you can. Impurity is a lack of thanksgiving for our bodies. Using obscene language or coarse joking as a lack of gratitude for our ability to think even more clever thoughts. The list can go on, can it? Everything that we are commanded or encouraged to do in Scripture is not to obtain our salvation. Jesus obtained our salvation, amen? He did that. Everything we're commanded to do is not for that purpose. A few weeks ago, Julie pointed out that there's only these two things, to repent and have faith. That's it. This is the gospel. How much more simple can we get? Now we might ask, well, what about obedience? We might come to that in a second. See, all the law, all the commandments are there to benefit us. We benefit from these things. That's God's love. If you want to really enjoy an abundant life, you want to enjoy life, then be thankful. This is a key secret. Dr. Joe Dispenza and his team, some, uh, just a few years ago, got 117 people to participate in a thought experiment. They were asked to, for three times a day, every day, for a couple weeks, to stop feeling all their negative emotions and spend 15 minutes, three times a day, practicing gratitude. That was it. What happened at the end of this study is they took a baseline measurement and then after the study, they took a new measurement and their immune system was strengthened by 50%. They were making more immunoglobulin A. It's the primary defense against bacteria and viruses. As a result, a lot of pain and inflammation went away, which in turn mediated conditions from food allergies to cancer. Our thoughts can improve our health. In uh, December 2022, the Mayo Clinic reported expressing gratitude is associated with a host of mental and physical benefits. Studies have shown that feeling thankful can improve sleep, mood, immunity. Gratitude can decrease depression, anxiety, difficulties with chronic pain and release and risk of disease. University of California, Berkeley in 2018, after 15 years of research, they say this, we know that gratitude is a key to psychological well-being. Gratitude can make people happier, improve their relationships, potentially even counteract depression and suicidal thoughts. Another project called the Thanks For Project found that participants who kept an online gratitude journal for two weeks reported better physical health, including fewer headaches, less stomach pain, clearer skin, and reduced congestion. These results are consistent with a 2003 paper published by Robert Emmons and Michael McCullough. In that study, college students wrote about things they were grateful for for just uh, each week for 10 weeks and reported fewer physical symptoms such as headaches, shortness of breath, sore muscles, and nausea, as opposed to the control group 
who wrote about the daily events and daily hassles. Not all studies found this to be true. There was one study found no health benefits from gratitude. Listen to this study. This was a study of middle school students, and they were asked to complete a counting blessings activity for two weeks, and after that, they didn't report any better physical health than the other groups. Well, I don't know about you, but I didn't know middle school students were suffering from all kinds of health problems, but it didn't work for them. The other thing is counting blessings. Don't get mad at me, but counting your blessings is not an act of gratitude. You're just counting stuff. Ebenezer Scrooge used to count all his money, right? What'd that do for him? It's not taking an inventory only. Someone said... Someone said, instead of counting your blessings, maybe do something with them. So I'm like, oh man, <laughs> that gets to me. So gratitude is a choosing activity. Choosing to be content with what we have, not just counting. I say all the time to people I work with and communicate that there are three variables in life. You, the situation, or the other person. And two of those you can affect easily, and neither one of those is the other person. <laughs> You can affect yourself or your situation. Now, sure, we can wait and hope for others to appreciate us, to value us, and to think highly of us. And it's great when they do. But we don't have to wait to achieve the same, in fact, even better results. Because we can choose to be thankful. We have control over our choices, not others' choices. But we have free will. See, God is pro-choice for us. Just here a few shout-outs. What do we observe? What have you observed from people who lack gratitude? What are some of the short answers of how you would describe them? Bitter people, right? Critical people. Victimhood. Depression, what? Resentment, right. What was that one? Grumpy. Grumpy. Oh, I thought you were calling my name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anger, right? Frustration, bitterness, disappointment, depression, hope, all those things. I don't think that's God's will for us. It's not his plan. First Thessalonians tells us God's will for us. You ever want to know what God's will for your life is? It's right in Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And now you know God's will for you. To rejoice when? Always. Pray how often? Continually. And give thanks when? When things are going well. Mm. So, it is good for us to be thankful for the good things, lest we forget, right? I have this habit of when we pull up to our house, I say, well, this is a nice place right here. (laughs) Are there nicer places? Yes, there are. But that doesn't do me any good to covet those things, right? This is a nice place here. I get to live here, okay? So, God's will for us is to give thanks in all circumstances, not just when things are going well, but even 
for the stuff that's not going so well. The gospel does not flow to you through obedience. <laughs> obedience flows from the gospel. As you practice faith and repentance, you will start wanting to be more obedient and to be thankful. This is why the scripture tells us, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind. And again it says in Romans, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose, of those who love him. Give thanks with a grateful heart. So I wanted to encourage you to continue to be thankful for the good stuff. But I also want to encourage you to right now think about any struggle you have in life. And think about a way that you might craft a message of thanksgiving instead of a message of hopelessness and depression. For God works for the good, all things for the good for us. So for example, maybe you, I'll just pick us and gossip. Maybe you struggle with that. How could you craft that as a message of thanksgiving instead? You could say, God, thank you for the people in my life that I get to know. Thank you for the opportunity that I get to minister to them, to lift them up in prayer instead of tearing them down through gossip. Uh, maybe you struggle with your job and frustrations at work. Maybe you could craft a message of thanksgiving that at least you have a job. Or maybe you struggle with frustrations and difficult people in your life. Whatever it is you struggle with, maybe it's finances. Choosing to be thankful is God's will for us. It changes your life. It changes us physically. That's why God encourages, not commands, but encourages. You want to enjoy life even physically? Choose to be thankful. It'll change your life. And you will be in God's will to do so, even for the bad stuff. And it might take a while. Beth and I are still working on this process of being thankful that she has primary lateral sclerosis. We live in hope that we're going to learn something about him and about living life to the full. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful, and we pray that you would continue to encourage and remind us to be thankful at all times because we are acknowledging that you are in control of our lives and you work all things to our good. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. Amen and amen.